Hi, Brandon. Thanks so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Also doing well. Great. Well, I, Infinity Pool is a wild and fascinating film. I, I really thought it was powerful. Um, thank you for so much for the chance to talk about it. I, I want to delve into this. <laughs> well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, well, let's start. Let's start off. I would just love to know from your perspective what inspired this film. Where did where did the idea for, come uh, come from? So it was initially a short story uh, that I was writing uh, a number of years ago, and the short story was essentially just the execution scene, uh, the first execution scene in the film. So uh, someone in this fictional country is watching a double of himself being executed for a crime that he committed and, and having these thoughts about identity displacement and, and punishment. Uh, later on, uh, when I decided to expand it into a feature, that's when the resort setting crept in. That uh, seemed to be a good setting for a story about people who were operating without conventional consequences. Yeah, I, I love that about the film. It is such a fascinating... Um, fascinating way to explore this idea of of a world without consequences, as you, as you just said. Um, I was wondering, wondering for you, from your perspective as you're writing the film, uh, is there a point? At what point do you think that wealth and power becomes toxic? Because that seems to be something that starts off. The film starts off almost freewheeling, freewheeling in its horror, and then, it, but then it, it gets incredibly dark or progressively darker as it goes on. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's possible to locate one particular point. I mean, I think certainly uh, more wealth tends to equate to more power, and more power makes it uh, easier to evade consequences. Mm. Uh, so there, there's that. Um, there's also the, the you know. A, an increasingly alarming uh, and I think difficult to uh, to overcome or absorb uh, economic divide uh, that is, is is was already a problem before the pandemic the pandemic, but obviously has become very pronounced uh, because of the pandemic and and that's something that we need to figure out, but I, I'm not sure uh, there's an easy solution. Yeah, it's a complicated topic for sure. Um, and, and this film sort of, I don't know if revels is the, the proper term to use, but is willing to sit in these complexities. And that's one of the things I appreciate it. Um, but one of those other conversations that I wanted to ask you about is, is the idea of, of masculinity in this film. Because it's very interesting to me that James is constantly being egged on um you know and at one point uh it, it might have been maya's character i can't remember that says men are trained by women like m to be weak um yet by yet as the film progresses you know a side of james sort of a different side of james sort of steps out tries to break free of this mold i, I was just wondering from your perspective what do you think it means for for men to be strong in our culture? And, and do you think that that idea of a healthy idea of masculinity has become lost in recent years? Uh, I don't know that it means anything necessarily. I, 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 
I think that human beings are very plastic and I, I'm not sure that these kinds of uh, gender values are, are really in, inherent to us or, or necessarily valuable. I mean, I, maybe I've just never been uh, a, a successful as a traditional kind of man, um, but I'm, I'm sort of happy for that to blow uh, to blow up. I think in James's case, some of his character is, uh, in, in a sense, driven by this this kind of uh, vanity and, and, and insecurity that might come from his sense of, of, to some degree, what it should mean to be a man, but isn't necessarily uh, the case with him. I don't think, I don't think regaining traditional masculinity is valuable to me, anyways. No, absolutely. I hear you. And and I think it's like, I, I like the fact what you're saying there is, I mean, this idea of, of nailing down specific things with gender roles, I think has been part of the problem uh, over the years. But uh, I mean, certainly, I know we're running out of time. Uh, but Brandon, I'm just wondering, like, this is this is a, a wild ride and, and very powerful. But what do you hope people take away from Infinity Pool? Uh, to be honest, I, I, Try not to answer that question because for me, uh, so much of the pleasure as someone who watches movies is, is to explore them uh, on my own and uh, in, inject them with a, a, a kind of subjective meaning. You know, the, when you're making a film, I think the last creative act is done by the audience. Mm. And so I don't want people to go in knowing necessarily uh, what I want them to feel. Not because I think artist's intention isn't important. I think it is uh, as, a, as a kind of point of navigation. But I, I think as an artist, if you tell people what they should be feeling and thinking uh, before they experience your art, then it, it precludes the possibility of exploration. And, and I think that's uh, damaging to the experience. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Well, I honestly, I appreciate your your openness, your candor, and uh, and your time. Thank you so much, Brandon. I, I wish you the best and the best for the film. Oh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it.